Hello, 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 and welcome to Bitches with Beards. And on today's episode, I ask, Where's my mother in law? Last seen at Corning Wegmans. Call me, please. Some say that she drives, drives, drives in her lonely car. She is driving, that's the thing. Uh, I know, right I know. where she is. <laughs> my mother in law is safe, by the way. Please, no one to be on the lookout for her. Yes, it's true. We're the podcast that attempts to break down culture with all the elegance of two coastal grandmas. But in truth, we're just a couple of bitches with beards. I'm Max. And I'm Daniel. And we both have opinions. So let's get this party started. Cheers. Cheers. Well, I was meant to have my mother-in-law sitting in front of us doing this. So I guess I had to put cunt back into the script. Well, something like that. It's a very empty chair right now. Yes, we have... um, Dwayne Bug is licking his paws, which means he's arthritic, and Deaf Dog is staring at us with one ear up, which is ironic because she's deaf. So, um, no, we were meant to. My mother in law is on her way. Mm-hmm. I did eventually call her. She's coming from the Wegmans in Corning. Well, where. And hopefully she'll be spending a few days with us when my parents arrive this weekend as well. So we have a house full. Family, family, family. Family, 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 all in one room. Well, not really, but you know. All in two rooms. In two rooms. As always, we're going to be in quickly. We have a little section we like to call Messy Bitches. Where we clean up last week's episode. So, last week we did a lot of discussions about Miss Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and her concert film. Mm-hmm. And we asked our fans on Twitter and where we are, Bearded Bitch Pod, whether the unique format of Taylor's eras to her film is the right way is the right way to save cinema. That's really hard in you know, South London. It really is hard to say. Fifty percent of the listeners said yes. It's a new era. Fifty percent preferred to Netflix and chill. Luckily, no one wanted to leave cinema alone, and none of our listeners are paying to see it live. So I guess patrons are a long way off. So keep listening to find out what we'll be discussing this week, and don't forget to rate, review, and share the episode on your socials. And with that, we can begin the episode. Cheers Cheers. again. Cheers, cheers. There will be bits of Taylor peppered in, Mm -hmm. but one thing I wanted to ask you, Daniel. Yes. Because that film really got to us. Mm -hmm, It did. Uh, What song has been playing in your head this week? Mmm... So, the song that's been playing in my head was my song of the week. Yeah. Which was My Tears Ricochet. For some reason, that one stuck with me. Mine was Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer was a good one, too. I think that was one of the first. Why did your one stick with you? Because you kept whispering during the middle of the song, saying, that's you and your bridesmaids when you finally do get married. She did look fucking epic walking down that She did, but you're like, that's you (laughs) and your bridesmaids. And you said it multiple times. I'm like, I heard you, Max. I heard you. (laughs) Give you the concert experience. I know, I know you were, but it, for that reason, like that song just stuck in my head. It sort of seared my memory of like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is what we gotta do. Still think for, for me, cool summer, mainly because just after like the real heavy summer we had with like car shit, like cool summer, <laughs> cool summer. It hit you in the right spot. So, bit, talk about being hit in the right spot, Daniel. How was your week? You know. I'm going to do my PSA. Everyone, go out, get your flu shot, get your COVID shot. I got both of mine. Yesterday, I was only planning on getting one. Which one? I was only going to get the flu shot because I could only get the flu shot. And then I walked up to the pharmacy and they're like, oh no, we can do both of them today. That's a bit silly. Well, it got even sillier in that it was originally supposed to happen on Saturday. Yes. Today, we were going to go to the film. And then they pushed it back a week later that morning... And then they canceled it, and I called, and I was like, what's going on? 
And they said, oh, you can't do both of them at the same time. Bullshit, they tell you that all the time. Is this CVS? Yes. Mm. And then they canceled my appointment completely, and I'm like, I didn't cancel this. Well, you know, you've got to go back and rebook. And so, like, I booked a flu shot, and then booked a COVID shot, and then was able to get both. But yeah. But apparently I'm not the only one that's been experiencing this with CVS's in D.C. Like, this is, like, the fourth person I've known that's had appointments canceled. So keep watch. Well, I'm shocked that you know more than four people. No, I know. <laughs> I thought it was only me. Literally, the hubs is there going, he knows other people. Why is he here all the time? <laughs> right? Why? Why does he darken our eyes? Aside from getting pricked in both arms, how else was your week? The rest of the week was good. Uh, we had a birthday brunch with Priest. Yes, it was. On Sunday. Um, and my boon- bean boots came in, which just made me very happy. Your bean boots? What but, are bean boots? So those are duck hunting boots made by L.L. Bean. They go with my barber jacket. Why, what is unique about a duck hunting boots? They've got a lot of support. I mean, my planar fasciitis are wonderful. Nice. This is how old I am. I'm like, yay. You got this last year at the same time I got it, but you had to turn up with a cane. Yes, because I couldn't walk. I was there in a pair of slippers and you had a penguin. We were like fucking Staten and Waldorf. <laughs> we were quite the pair, weren't we? But cuntier. Yeah. Especially when we went on that walking tour and I was like, and you're like, Ern, do you feel embarrassed that you're the oldest one here and you've or youngest one here and you've got a cane and I'm like yes yes I am Max thank you I said it out loud you said it very much out loud it sounds like a nice week yeah how was your week uh, it, well we I said started with a Sunday fun day mm-hmm. ended up in uproar mm-hmm. where we got a little bit of love from, from lovely Tammy yes thank you Miss Tammy yes so that was nice to hear that we were surrounded by the usual suspects mm-hmm. you know pity the anyway um <laughs> Someone joined the party. Oh. Oh, that yes. was interesting. <laughs> Along with the panic attack I had the next day. Yeah. The funniest thing I thought, though, was when the hubs was coming back, he'd been uh, camping, he was coming back with a dog, uh, uh, and Big Ginger was coming back with him. And I was like, I'm going to be good, I'm not going to drink too much. And we, I said, I've got to leave. But then, like, Dickwad, we'll refer to him, turned up and joined the party and I was like well I can't leave now because it looks like I'm leaving because of him mm-hmm. so and then we then I drunk and then you were going to come back and I was like actually it's going to be a, a lot of all the dogs and so we just set, went separate ways and I was like oh we should go and we said our goodbyes and we walked down the three sites of stairs to get to the bottom floor of uproar and we both had our wristbands on and when should we get another one (laughs) and then we settled in for a two drink bitch fest at which point we were caught by members of the original party who looked at us and went I thought you were going and I think one of us faked a family emergency we needed to chat about (laughs) sounds like something I said (laughs) (laughs) "Uh, we had to talk about psychic my family it's very personal yes yes we had to yeah and then um Aside from that, Monday night was the an- my husband's anniversary, our anniversary, nine years. So we went back cheers to, to that. Cheers back, went back to Dutch. Um, and that was uh, very lovely. We had a nice evening, and uh, so Big Ginger's in town, so he joined us later on with his mate, and it was all very nice. Um, it was um, I thought it was a very sweet evening and I put a little thing next day on Twitter and mm. Duchess said oh it's lovely you came back to celebrate and someone else said we're going to burn in hell so I thought oh, oh, oh you were doing that good. podcast got removed from the fucking playlist oh oh a podcast did that 
Oh, there's some dicky podcasts out there. Wow. There was one podcast this week. I shouldn't think anything, not going to name names, but mm-hmm. one of them had a guest on that I was a little bit unsure about, and I was like, okay, well, I can hear them as a guest before I hear them as a podcast. Yeah. All conspiracy. I was like, this could be entertaining. They seem like <laughs> nice guys, and they went, well, Russell Brand's been set up, and I went, and we're pressing stop on this one. <laughs> never mind, never, never mind. Never mind, never mind. You don't get a full play. <laughs> But no, really, this week we've been a lot busy, work's been busy, but also preparing for family. My mother-in-law is arriving at some point tonight, we're recording Thursday. Mm-hmm. The usual idea was she'd sit at the corner with um, a cup of coffee and we keep her entertained for an hour. But she decided that Wegmans and Corning was more important, so I hope she was saying delicious. I'm fingers crossed for some Red Hots. Only, if, Ooh, you, if yes. you know, you know. Oh yes. And then my parents arrived tomorrow night, mm-hmm. so we've got a household for the weekends. Uh, with the two dogs as well and then mother-in-law will go off and then parents for another two weeks mm-hmm. so it's all been a bit busy trying to get everything done uh, and you know the hubs has been lazy now sitting on the stairs like Robin the Frog from the Muppets but um, you know eventually we'll get on the cleaning well I was thinking we was acting a little bit more like deaf dog just sort of like leering over see if I can see him nah he's just sitting there I don't think he's even listening to us probably not so I tell him I'm pregnant oh Oh, yeah. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we're both suffering from sulfy legs. Let's go wander around Ina's garden. I know. So, tonight we are having a blood moon. So, the magic number, listeners, is two. Two shots vodka, two shots lemonade, two shots orange juice, one... Blood orange wedge drink. Sounds like the arc. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's very refreshing. Yeah. That could be lethal. I know. But you can scale it up, scale it down, however you need to. Just keep the proportions the That's same. Very delicious. Cheers, Dan. It's very Cheers. delicious. Cheers. Oh. Oh, that's going to go down way too easily. I know. <laughs> like a frat girl at a party, it's going down very smoothly. <laughs> and also too much teeth as well, which is a nice addition to the decoration. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> so that's enough talking about ourselves, what's going on in the gayberhood. We discuss the stories that are gay, gay adjacent, or just a little bit camp. Well, what is a little bit camp is that the BBC mm-hmm. have confirmed they'll be obviously broadcasting Eurovision next mm-hmm. year. We had great success, as modern Britain is now doing with its events, rather than treating them like shit. Uh-huh. With last year's one, it looks like the team are getting back together. Obviously, Hannah Waddingham won't be there. Oh. Well, because she, she presented the actual show, show not the broadcast. So oh. whether or not they'll bring her on, but Graham will be leading the way as he always does does so wasn't it on BBC last year yes it's always on BBC but it looks like they they, 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 they renegotiate uh, to be honest I don't really think it's news news but I think because it was so high profile last year mm. it's like all eyes are on what's going to happen next with it yeah fair so fair. I'm quite excited um, these news were sent to me by the husband who's always getting me through something a little bit political on this thing just a, just a tinge Woo. but uh, the federal court um, in Florida has held a drag ban um, or, which basically saying no we are not going to they can, they, they're banning the drag ban they're saying that drag they're saying that drag is legal is what they're saying yes <laughs> Um, and basically the Protection of Children Act is considered too broad because it could even actually ban uh, showings of Horaki Horror 
obviously as a gay man without kids do not believe in the protection of children no. but you know some people like them apparently <laughs> some people keep having them for some reason until they can learn to mix drinks and do a good hidden button as Karen Walker would say then um, yeah we're doomed yeah, it's fair. It's what I plan on training years to do. And finally, this was like a little bit of a silly one I found, but actress Sophia Bush of One Tree Hill fame mm-hmm. um, is now dating soccer star Ashleen Harris. Um, apparently, they both separated from their partners. Uh, Sophia actually been who had a husband. Did oh. not know she was on the uh, the, the Sapphic train. Oh. Sappho. Sappho, but no, they are apparently dating. And oh. I thought it was a little cute storyline. Well, congratulations to them. We hope they find love and happiness. Maybe of each other. Maybe they'll just go on into blissful ways. Yeah. But eventually they can find something. Eventually. 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 Not right now, though. Even if it's a bottle of Chardonnay, quite frankly. Exactly. Hello, old friend. <laughs> oh, oh, that's your old friend. Not mine. Staying, sticking away from the Chardonnay tonight. Sticking with the vodka. Um, so my news this week, the Indian Supreme Court has ruled against same-sex marriage. So that is a blow to our brothers and sisters in India. Uh, very interesting, the court said that the reason why they ruled against it is because they will not legislate, yeah. and it should be the responsibility of the parliament to essentially do this, not the high court. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm still not quite sure how the court's parliament system works. Mm-hmm. So, would it would it be stronger if it went through the court or if it went through the parliament? Through the parliament. Do you think this is them trying to act like they're doing something bigger, but really just two chicken shit to actually... I think just, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, It's like you had a chance to do it. You didn't. Boobies. Yeah, that just sounds like a little chicken shit excuse for some reason. I... I, I, I I, I like put my hands up and say I know nothing about Indian culture so mm-hmm. I'm I know that a lot of Asian South Asian East Asian cultures do incorporate a lot of gender bends a lot of mixed middle ground area right. but actually when it push comes to shove they're still second class citizens right but just enjoyed by first class citizens if that and if anyone has an issue with how why did that go fuck yourself because you know what I mean but um <laughs> So I think that's kind of sad that they're actually kind of going that route, but just keep fighting a good fight and take it to Parliament, and I probably would sadly get into a ping-pong tournament back and forth between Parliament and the courts. Yeah, I can see it going back and forth for a while, and not really progressing anywhere. So for that, I'm sad. You know, there was an opportunity to do something. That's not going to happen. All right, more news this week. From another Supreme Court, from Ooh. from Japan, and this one was rather interesting. So the Japanese Supreme Court ruled that it was unconstitutional for transgendered people um, to be surgically sterilized after they have their gender-affirming surgery. Is that uh, was that a requirement if you're going to get? Yes. So in Japan, it is required that if you change genders legally with a surgery, you have to be surgically sterilized. So that has been banned at this point. So this case started in 2021 where an individual said, I don't want to be sterilized. So the idea being, because wording, thinking, wording. Right. So are we talking about, because we don't, in terms of gender confirmation surgery, mm-hmm. so you're take, so saying if... So if you were born male yes. and transitioned, you would have to be surgically sterilized after that transition. Yeah, yeah so... But what the thing is, what do they include transition? Because if you, uh, this actually my, my curiosity behind this is more that you know for women, um, for um, those um, that identified as women, uh, 
at birth, uh-huh. their um, reproductive organs are internal right. and are nothing to do with their sexual organs. Right. So they could have um, uh, a penis construction mm-hmm. and still retain their uterus right. and therefore still be um, fertile in order to produce. And I've heard a lot of really interesting stuff, read a lot of interesting stories right. about women that, um, oh, sorry, men uh, men that were assigned female at birth mm-hmm. who have been pregnant while identifying as female not liked it but actually after they after they uh, began identifying as male and presenting as male mm-hmm. actually found they could find a balance between the two and actually enjoyed the pregnancy a lot more and they found this thing which I thought was fascinating and I thought this article should be read by a lot of people mm-hmm. when you come to Individuals who are assigned male at birth who have transitioned to who have decided to begin identifying as female, usually the part of them that produces the semen mm-hmm. would be removed, right? Which is so, in fact, their gender confirmation surgery is in unintentional sterilization, oh, right? right, right. God, that was a lot of work. That, that was that was a lot of that was a lot of math. There was a lot of gay math going on there. But I can see yeah. why. But though they're saying if someone's had their penis removed, they can still retain. They do not have to always have that have their testes. Oh, they put their testes inside. Quite frankly, oh, yeah. I think they can be tucked away. Oh yeah, I mean drag queens do it. Yeah, yeah. So it is possible. <laughs> All right, final bit of news. Maybe does it involve to... math? Because I'm done. I I think it does involve math, and so we can't do it anymore. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of forced, forced sterilization. No. Talking about forced sterilization. So, um, in case you're you're living under a rock, out in the woods, cottage core is your thing. You don't have technology. Britney Spears has announced she is doing a memoir, and it has come out that while she was dating Justin Timberlake, she had an abortion so that she would not tarnish his reputation. <laughs> and then he. <laughs> it also came out that. He cheated on her. Well, that was going about saying. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I love yeah. the fact that, that she tried to save his reputation by effort, by removing a human life. Not that I'm, you know, I'm very pro-choice. Uh-huh. And then he just goes and rips out Janet Jack- Jackson's tit. And she's like, I could have had a fucking extra kid because of you. Right. Right. So anyways, this came out. Um, she's been dropping stuff the past week. So apparently she was also doing underage drinking with her mother when she was in the eighth grade. Wasn't everyone back in England? Well, apparently so, in Louisiana as well. Um, but Michelle Williams is set to narrate the uh, memoir whenever it comes out, book on tape. So, be looking. That, for that. will be. In, mm, yeah, that's an. That is probably. Is that the news you actually wanted, not the other news? No, it's more <laughs> interesting that you know that there's a huge drive right now of the books on tape to be mm-hmm. narrated by someone that right. obviously you know usually the author especially if it's a celebrity but for someone like Michelle Williams to take it on who is just the epitome of sensitivity you know is just like I'm like that's that'll be a very curious experience more than anything I think it'd be a good thing to have Michelle Williams do it like she would strike a balance who um, say on that note I I heard today on uh, Chelsea Handler's podcast was uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and mm, you know I said mm. last week that I felt she was a little bit, you know, gatekeepy a bit right yeah, now. Yeah. Actually, when you hear her speak about it, it softens it quite a bit. Mm. I think that she's presented as very, mm, but she's so down to earth, and she. Yeah. I mean, a couple of bits she was talking about were like, yeah, we let Jaden emancipate 
because he wanted to at 15 because he wanted to live his own life I'm like well you know it's okay because I'm sure he had a fucking huge allowance right uh, he, so, he could afford to do this it's weird that a lot of us have just no privilege but no it was interesting with these, these a lot of these memoirs now coming out is that like do you feel there's a wave of honesty with him now that's not been there before I feel so I feel like uh, everyone who's anyone post-COVID has been sitting and reflecting and yeah. then maybe thinking alright let's get my truth out let's let, let's speak what I need to speak I, type I, situation I think you've hit the nail on the head of that one in that we're now at this golden age of I say golden age is such a horrible term I think it's such an antiquated term but I adore it but you adore it, but where people have been kind of forced to sit down, reflect and review, yeah. they're now feeling confident to go ahead and actually have these discussions yeah. and be very public. So I'm hoping Britney Spears' is one is going to be like, a, an, no pun intended, an open book. Yeah. Because quite frankly, she has been the main face of celebrity mental health for the last few years oh absolutely and how it's used how it was weaponized against her so i would say britney spears was one that was the these people that you know came forward with mental health and whereas now like we have jada pinkett smith who's embracing her and talking about this this and that and everything and how she was a coke dealer or and all this yeah, and yeah. That, is that britney came forward and it was weaponized for cash and the thing is it's her reclaiming the narrative yes. which is nice which yeah. I mean it is that shift of she's like alright I was the victim I am now you know exerting my agency on this situation and I am telling my story and for those who don't realize the significance you know the idea that you know she the 90s pop princess is being narrated to by one of the leading stars of TV from the 90s there's a bit there's so much culture happening that yes I think definitely a deep dive on Britney's book might be happening at some point purely because I'm just yeah. very fascinated because for like those that don't know it I know we've gone a bit off the news and gone into <laughs> culture but this is what we do it's our show it's in, the, in the words of uh, Robin Roberts it's my show I can do what I want exactly uh, is that it it she was the 90s for oh, us very you know much so. and i know you get your coochies out now on tiktok but for us to her to come out dressed in like that knee socks a high music video literally define that red body suit red body suit and then but then we didn't even know about it in england it's like we were like oh apparently she was in this thing called the mickey we well, you the mickey mouse club mm. but then Right, you know, since, you know, knowing you and us, you, if the hubs is that no, she was known, and then she yeah. came out and he socks are high. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting one, and I think we need to like hold hands and embrace our way through <laughs> this because I think a lot of the, but at the same time as I think the '90s has been a little bit destroyed. I think I, you know, I'm not against Justin Timberlake, but he's become this poster child of the '90s that is should never. Have he's a problem yeah i'm just gonna say it he is a problem and i think we sort of knew it then and it's just reaffirmed now that he is problem but all i say if you want to get a really good sense of what the 90s was like you need to google 90s pepsi commercials oh because yes. quite no britney's yeah. one is a bop yeah it is a bop was it Taste of a new generation, and then the, what? What's the? Well, we'll put in a clip there, and, and then the Spice Girls one. Next phase, next phase, next phase, next phase. Oh yeah, I do remember that one. 
No, they actually yeah. wrote legitimate songs for these, and they were like there were storylines. There was there was because they were like Super Bowl style. Yeah, because there was Beyonce and Britney one. There was Beyonce, Britney, Pink, and Christina. Yeah. yeah, that was the Gladiator one, wasn't it? Yes, that was a Gladiator. One. Again, a whole that was when Gladiator came out. So that was a one. Somewhere in there. I remember we heard rumors of that one. Mm, yeah. Um, it was, it the was like early, it was early odds. It was yeah. early odds. Yeah, somewhere in there. Early odds. Oh my god, we could do a whole thing about nineties Pepsi commercials. <laughs> I mean, there's potential in that one. I mean, they were very entertaining. Anyway, we've gone off on... But to be honest, that was so culture-filled. That was beyond delicious. If you're confused, just keep listening to back episodes. We're always going to talk about shit like this. Oh, absolutely. But Daniel, that may be in the culture for you in the 1990s, but what's the culture for you now in 2023? Well, this week my fall food was a fall stir fry made with Brussels sprouts, root vegetables. Nice. With smoked paprika. That was the trick. Like, I wanted something warm, and it just did wonderful with, like, some egg noodles with it. For oh, me. I love an egg noodle. What's your protein? I had no protein other than portobello mushrooms. Risque. I know, but it was so delicious, and just a little cheese if you wanted a little something like that. Cheese on a stir fry? Well, it was a little bit more savory than I planned on it coming out with the smoked paprika, so cheese was fine. You know. Um, didn't have a drink of the week. Uh, did have songs... <laughs> just of, not, not the one, at least. <laughs> not, not just the one. Uh, songs of the week. Throwback was Linus and Lucy from uh, Peanuts, because it's just... It's festive. Yeah. It's right. It's very festive. It's right. Also, as I said, at the top of the hour, my tears ricochet from Taylor Swift. That one just stuck with me, and I just kept playing it and kept playing it and kept playing it. Nice. Uh, my musical of the week was a brand new musical for me, Mean Girls, the musical. Yes, because we saw the trailer, didn't we, last week? So we saw the trailer in the Taylor Swift era's concert yes. as a preview. Here's the thing. We, I could have seen it here in D.C. Didn't see it here in D.C. I didn't either. We left it too late and it was booked up. Same. Uh, so what I can tell from the soundtrack... We were seeing it in as well. Right? Um, that it has more heart than The Mean Girls, the movie. However, it has less heart than Legally Blonde. It's trying to be Legally Blonde. It is not quite Legally Blonde. Yeah. Um, people, when they saw it, felt... I remember a couple of people said you can tell it's an out of town production. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely one of those, and I'm like, it's trying. It's I've trying. not heard anything off it, and nothing's really crept up with it. No, I mean there are three songs, and I'm like, oh, those are probably going to be the breakout ones from this. Yeah, I will go see the film. Yeah, yeah. apparently they, they were like looking at doing Paramount Plus exclusive, and then mm. they're like, no, we got to release it like actually in theaters. I don't know if it's at an actual theater, maybe though. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I will probably if it's gonna be on the show, I will go and see it. Uh-huh. But no. Yeah. All right, television of the week. I bopped around and uh, was designing women this week like just episodes here and there mainly the Halloween episodes because it just felt right spooky season spooky season spooky something season like that. Um, started a new book this week The Power of Scenery Frederick Wall Olmsted and the National Parks for obvious reasons good read so far I'm planning on reading a lot of it tomorrow because I'm off nice it's supposed to rain I am not off but <laughs> but it's supposed to rain so how about you? What well, for me, for me, uh, this week, um, sport was when we watched, uh, I watched rugby on Sunday, uh, that was my washing, 
laundry. Um, England played Fiji as part in the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup. Mm-hmm. It was a very tight game towards the end of it. We're yeah. a bit of an older team at the moment, so we're going through a bit of issue. But mm-hmm. I thought it was an entertaining game, but people aren't impressed. But Kate looked gorgeous in a white light Chanel style okay. suit. Ah. And then that evening, um, Big Ginger's here, so we set up the screen outside and we watched the Bills game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bug got curled up in his uh, blankets and very cute but it was actually very interesting and I kept it balanced by eating a bowl of twiddits which is a British snack I was about to say I don't know what that is but fantastic they like taste like um, soy so I did not see a movie this week but I did see a show and on Tuesday we went to Lincoln Theatre in DC and mm-hmm. we went to see Jesse Ware live. Yes. Stunning show, Adore Jesse Ware. If you've not heard that, uh, literally just gonna go, Alexa, Jesse Ware. Not Alexa himself. Okay. But um, <laughs> no, really is uh, I mean she's been around for a few years now in England. She's got a huge gay following over here. Mm-hmm. She did the show very much like sixties lounge, seventies disco. Just mm-hmm. real catchy numbers, but not like in abrasive. So actually like Saturday morning just say, Hey, Play some Jesse Ware. Really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really had a good show. Clearly the gays were lapping it up. Highly choreographed. She had two dancers, two singers, and they all worked together. The hubs was just like, this is a tight show. It was really well done. And then she disappears off, comes back singing Believe in the balcony, share, uh-huh. then goes into like a dance version of like proper dance of Believe, then goes into her big numbers. You know. But no, highly professional which I know it sounds weird to say it's not my place because I'm not a professional singer but what you mean is that it was a tight well choreographed yeah. well oiled machine of a and show. I usually don't come out of a show loving someone more I'm just way more impressive than them as an artist uh-huh. so I generally was like no I loved her and I'm like no you really are quite something uh-huh. they got you on stage you know everyone was just dancing in their seats everyone's standing for it as well because the Lincoln's a bit of an old-fashioned theater yeah it's it's a little bit more condensed Tense, yeah I, I wish we'd managed to get a 930 club tickets uh oh, was she at 930 she did 9 Monday and then she did Lincoln on Tuesday oh, Wednesday I think oh that's an interesting yeah uh, I think that she basically blew up 930 essentially and uh, they realized that she was because uh, mm-hmm. Betty Who's done that and I know that happened with Lizzo got popular oh, yeah. b- between the ticket sales and that mm-hmm. so yeah no but generally if you want to go check her out go check her out please do she needs she doesn't need all the support but generally bring her over here I think you'll be she's very much like Adele but I would kind of associate her more like Kylie Rae Jepsen in the sense that she's just good at what she does but has not she'll never get massive over here right she does have a disco vibe from the numbers that you played for me which I love disco yeah. so it's fine and then she does some like soul numbers but no, she's yeah. a bit like Kylie Rae Jepsen that like, got a bit of a smaller crowd but loves uh-huh. the fact she, she can do what she wants for a smaller crowd yeah and I would say it was more like old school disco too which I loved oh so. yes. yeah well after all that excitement of Jesse Ware I think now's a good time to take a break I agree I'd say we're back for the break, but Daniel decided to get me more wine because he's selfish like that. Because you looked at your glass and you were like, did I did I get more wine? And I'm like, you did, but what oh. more? And well, we're, we're back anyway. No. Oh, thank, uh, you. thank you. <laughs> no, I am, um, it's first day and I'm having a drinky drink because I did my big run this morning. Um, I'm a month out for my marathon. I did my 18 and a half miles. I'm very proud of you. And I did it in nine minutes, 59 seconds a mile, which 
I'm so jammy about because that's kind of like it's under it's under 10 under 10 but today I was walking and I felt my toe like swell and it's just that nail was coming off I'll oh, save it no. I'll save it for you oh please don't I be don't. like an espresso martini of pure nail I don't want another one on a charm bracelet again so we're doing culture yes and we're going to do my favourite part of culture uh-huh. which is the silver screen yes we are Daniel, can I ask you a question? You know, you're going to ask me anything, and I don't know how I'm going to answer it, but okay. What is your What was your association with the cinema growing up? Uh, with the cinema growing up, was it was sort of a treat, because yes. the nearest cinema was, or movie theater, was 40 miles away, until we got a drive-in movie theater that was 10 miles away. Yes. I've never been to one. We actually had three within, like, a 20-mile radius. Um, so or was, when your uncle got drunk and drove through the front room <laughs> right um, but it was one of these like going to the cinema like it had to be a planned event like it wasn't like oh we're just gonna go it's like no we have to drive somewhere to go it so it was like you waited until there was a good movie so typically I remember going to the cinema um, maybe at Christmas yeah and then maybe at my birthday so around Memorial Day and then we might go like a few more times, like, during the summer, depending on what was coming out. But, like, it was sort of rare for us to go, like, any other time just because of schedules and stuff. Yeah, we were kind of the same. And I thought it was weird we only went on school holidays. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just suddenly realized it was because that was the only time there was appropriate films out. <laughs> right. I, I very much think that Disney planned that, too, here in, like, yeah. the States and other, you know, studios. Like, I remember, like, there was always a buildup of, like, a few weeks of, oh, can we go see that? Can we go see that? Yeah, I remember the only time I went consistently to the cinema the first time was when Star Wars released the trilogy, like, mm-hmm. in, like, a couple of days. So, after all that then, Daniel, what is your relationship with cinema like now? Well, because there is a movie theatre that is mm, three blocks between me and you at this point. Cheers. Cheers. And a nice one. And a nice one at that. We have literally been to the cinema, what, four times this summer? Yeah. Three times? Three to four times? Four times. I don't remember at this point. But we go fairly consistently. Um, uh, I would... I mean, you go, like, every week. I'd probably yeah. maybe go, like, once every two months or something if something comes out, I want to say. What do you like about going... Th- why do you Why do you feel the need to see a film at the cinema? Um, because there are instances where sound is a character and it's a much better sound system and a way to experience it. So Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, but, like... Jackie, the music in that, was a character. I wish I'd seen that one. It was one of these, like, very much, like, it's a different experience. Like, I still like the movie, but it's a different experience from having seen it in theaters. versus crisper. Yes, very much so. And then sometimes you just want to be in the dark with some popcorn and a gin and tonic and just sit there by yourself for, like, an hour and a half. I remember when I went to go to cinema that sound felt different. I yeah. think that's the one I remember is that the sound felt like it was getting to you. Mm-hmm. And that was why, I mean, we went, I went when I was three years old to see Lady in a Tramp and that was it. I was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, when reasonably regularly, I stopped going out for a little bit. And then, as you know, like I decided that I was going to start taking advantage of like the cheap Tuesdays and going, and I, I'd just pick a film. I feel like, uh, you know, as much as, you know, got you, got my lovely husband, you know, like me, like, and if he wants to come and see something, he'll come, you've come, to, we, we did, uh, actually last, you know, well, three films, like the last film I saw was Exorcist, which no one wanted to see for some strange reason. Oh, yeah. But then the last film before that was 
the creator, I saw that at the hubs, and I saw the, uh, Haunting in Venice with you. Right. So actually, I'm open to people coming, but it, you know, it's like one of those where you go. I've, I love cinema. I love the you know, silver screen. It's called up because of the silver alloy that projects back. I don't think they use silver alloy anymore. Mm-hmm. But just and there's been there's a sense of history in the golden age of Hollywood, and you know, someone obsessed with you know American culture. Mm-hmm. That that's big. So for me, I the exhibition of cinema is a huge thing. Right. So where does it come to, quite strangely? <laughs> Listeners, there is a way, where that we're going to. Is <laughs> that the last five years have beaten the living shit out of cinema. Yes, they really have. And, you know, even as a kid, you know, you, you know we didn't have the option. So I remember being 16, 17 when I saw my first DVD. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone had VHSs because they were expensive and took up a lot of room, quite frankly, oh, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, home video, it was a big thing. There's a joke of anyone. I mean, a lot of our, our listeners are like Vicar Dibley fans, hopefully. And if you're not, watch it. Where she says on Christmas Day, what you're going to do? Well, I'm going to watch Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. Now, I remember that year, Jurassic Park was going to be shown, and it was going to, you know, it, it's the usual thing. It was on the cinema, which I mean, everyone seen it. Then it went to rental. Then it went to purchase. Then it went to Sky Satellite pay for television. Then it went to yeah. terrestrial. So possibly that was like two years later. You know that it was there. On Christmas Day at six o'clock, the BBC would have bought Jurassic Park and put it on Christmas Day because everyone was passing out from their Christmas dinners and it was good TV they knew everyone was used to it used to it and what's everyone going to watch at 6 o'clock put it on TV yeah so but cinema took a bit of a beating um, and so when we went last week to see Taylor Swift I was obviously I, I, I will be honest I went you know I probably wouldn't have Known it was coming out. I mean, I heard bits, and you said to me, "It was me." It was you, but, you, but it was because you said to me like a month before, Taylor Swift movies coming out, and I was a bit like, "Well, concert movies are what people usually see when they can't afford to go see the concert," which obviously yeah. everyone couldn't because of Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. But usually, when the concert movie boom happened, I mean, there was always live VHSs. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to say VHS quite proudly, uh-huh. but there was a boom in when 3D technology came out. Because this wasn't done in 3D at all, was it? No, that I can tell. No. Yeah. When 3D became big in the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. there was a huge boom in concert movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was like, well, we can go see concerts. And it's an immersive experience. Go see Justin Bieber in 3D concert. Yes, Glee. I saw Glee 3D uh, concert because uh, yeah. I was a completist. So it was a big thing when it came like that. But at the same time, it was only because it was like, well, you couldn't afford to be there and that. Yeah. So when you said about this, I was like, well, it's not like a Peter Jackson documentary, no. which that, that, that was, a, that was the other thing was that Scorsese, Peter Jackson will pick up these. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, oh, I, you know, Taylor Swift's doing the Eras tour. Like, well, she's just recorded it. Then I started, then Max, oh, shock horror, surprise, surprise. Went down rabbit holes. Hole, and started to read about it. And I'm like, well, why are you, of all, you know, you're, you're pretty, you're, about we're both about tired let's face it but you why why are you so early about it and then i was like wait this is a thing you know Mm -hmm. she's releasing this really quickly yeah so i went to see it last week was a little bit disappointed that we could have had probably more people dancing but it was a bit of a quiet one and then some places have been up there even taylor's been up there dancing i think the theater next to us everyone was like dancing yes there was like 
already showing of it. Yeah. So there was four showings in an art house movie theatre of Taylor Swift's concert. Mm-hmm. I had a really good time. Everyone was in good spirits. Everyone was moving about mm-hmm. like their shoulders mainly, but like singing along, arms pumping, just clapping along. It was great. And I was like, well, this was a really unique experience and I really, really enjoyed it. And actually, you know, after Taylor being such an important part of everyone's lives, it was great. So I was like, but why is this so unique? Especially at the moment where we've had such a unique summer for movies where, and everyone may roll your eyes, we're going to say it again, Barbenheimer. But let's face it, though, this Barbie beat the box office. Yeah. But Oppenheimer would have done well without it, but really kind of, let's face it. But combined together. (laughs) So you had this sensation of event movies. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, this is how you know, cinema is not There cheap. was the hype going up to it. It was one of these we all had heard great things about the concert, and most of us got extremely pissed because we couldn't get a ticket to the concert. Not that we couldn't afford it. We couldn't get a ticket to it because of the ticket master of it all. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest. You know, we, you know we've had an exp- expensive year. You know, I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have been able to afford it, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be up in the gods, you know. Right. But I think it was one of these, like, there was so much hype around it that I think that's part of what the draw was, of us going to see it, because she's not going to be touring in the U.S. right now anymore with this concert. But what was actually kind of unique about it was that she didn't... I mean, yeah, you're not. it's not the same as being there. Let's face it. There, were, If you were in that pit, you were going to have the best time of your life. Oh, yeah. But... Been there, done that. <laughs> but at the same time, is like, she kind of... So Taylor turned around and went, well, look, I'm doing this concert. Mm-hmm. It's getting really well-reviewed. I think she had plans to film it, but this mm-hmm. was the last leg of the American tour, the last yeah. three, four shows. Uh, last four shows at the SoFi concert in Los yeah. Angeles, yeah. And she decided they were going to do it as a movie. Mm-hmm. And... Why we're discussing this now is because I am so fascinated about how she decided to not just be like, well, I'm going to do a movie, I'm going to put it out in the cinemas, people go and see it, they'll sing along, a couple of people sit bored, their boyfriends will fall asleep. She was just like, how do we make this part of the experience? So it'd be like, did you see the Eras Tour? Yeah. In live, or do you see it at the con- uh, in the theatres? I saw it in the theatres. That was yeah. an experience. Mm-hmm. So why is this so unique? Tell me, Max, why is this so unique? So she produced it herself completely with her parents, which I found out, and her dad apparently's got a lot of contacts, and one of them is AMC Cinemas. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the thing, she bypassed all the studios who apparently were kind of like putting a bit of a fight and went straight to AMC Cinemas. Now, I don't quite get the deal. It's all to do with, well, she could... Well, it's a distribution deal. Distribution deal. Yeah. It's more that they can... There's a sub-distribute... AMC kind of gets to then control the sub-distribution. Yeah. Which I think how we end up seeing it at Landmark. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, we were not in an AMC theatre. We were at a Landmark, which is a separate, independent... You know, yeah, but AMC. I think it must be linked. So I think yeah. possibly they're like helping to redistribute or they've got interest mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. But um, the actual individual theatres get less than half of what was earned through ticket sales. Mm. But they still get complete money back on all... Um, uh, confectionery and the merchandise yeah merchandise well I mean that's why they have the um, the cups and the popcorn like collectibles and that's why like they have um, 
like these cheap nights because they want to make money. People, people who save money on tickets and want like to buy co- the confection. Yeah, I mean, if your ticket's five dollars, sure, I'll pay thirteen dollars for the popcorn. Yeah, or twenty dollars a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, I think, very interesting. Then the rest was split equally between AMC and Taylor. Mm. So there we go. She's yeah. earning some money off this. Well, and the fact that she did a hundred million dollars worth of ticket sales. Like, exactly. You know, if we split that in half, there you go. So a while back, this wouldn't have been possible as the Paramount consent decree limited studios' um, control over theaters. They, there was a lot of concern regarding control that studios could put over theaters. Mm-hmm. So they basically they limited it all and it became very hard to do stuff. But because they removed this sort of limitation, and I could go into it, but it gets confusing. I don't still... It's a lot of legalese in there. Yeah, let's not do the legalese. But <laughs> this allowed her to negotiate directly with AMC. And not just the individual theatres. She could actually go because they. The she studio, could go real yeah, large because there was yeah. it's they were, they didn't want her to AMC to have a monopoly, but this allowed her to do it. Mm. The other thing is she bypassed the studios during a really heated summer or a cruel summer for these studios. Um, where basically, well, not they deserve it, but they're struggling at the moment because basically the writers are striking, the actors are striking. Right. Taylor decided to produce this film herself and actually went to sag and said, is it possible to release this film with um, and not go against your strike? They said, it's more than fine. And they released a statement saying, we are so pleased to be working with Taylor Swift to make sure of this. So that warms my fucking heart. I mean, she kept her hands clean. Like, yeah. Let's be honest. She kept she, her hands clean. She played fair. I do, is she part of sag Because she was in Valentine's Day, but you have to... And then Cats. So I don't Cats. know. Oh, Cats might have renewed her sag No, but Cats was a British production. So she's not on sag Yeah, because I think she might have lapsed it. Yeah. Yeah, because um, that's why some British films are still going. But would her SNL skit, skits count? Oh my God, this is so confusing. I know, I know, sorry. This also meant that Taylor was able to control the pricing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could have probably charged a lot more, but she started to charge a beautifully rounded $19.89. No one saw that coming. Also, did you know that the, the show times are limited? I did know that the show times were yeah, limited. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah. we're on a Thursday celebrating the start of it. Well, there we go. This allowed her to keep the crowds looking bigger. Well, yeah. I mean, if they're all geared to like four days and... And the yeah. atmosphere was bigger. So she's yeah. controlling the actual emotional experience. Again, this is very clever. Friendship bracelets for everybody. We never got a friendship bracelet though, but hey. No. So it has to remain in theatres for 13 weeks, after which you'll go to streaming... Mm-hmm. Um, which but that has not been yet discussed who do you think will get it well I think we bypassed Paramount that um, maybe Max or X Max X I'm not do, do you think Max cause the only thing of Max is that's very limited still but I feel like it's got enough prestige that she'd go in there I don't think she's going to go on Hulu yes you definitely know? not Hulu the a final. But I don't think she's going on Netflix. Netflix. Either. Like the Hubspring's Netflix. Yeah, I don't think it's. I I could see her going on Max. So the, I really could. The final thing is though, and also, what she was allowed to negotiate, and this is actually crucial, was that she allowed photography in the cinemas with relaxed rules against singing and dancing. Oh. That was allowed. So you know, usually if yeah. if I was to get up during the middle of Star Wars and start singing and dancing or sh- talking along with it. They, they would come along and say you need not to I think if one person had been highly disruptive they would have thrown them out. out but no that's why it came up at the start no flash photography but you can take photos I did notice that and the only warning was about uh, epilepsy epilepsy yeah. yeah so 
with all this, hearing this, I know you knew a lot, a bit, lot, lot of it. I asked a question at the start. Mm-hmm. Do we need more event stuff like this to start saving cinema? I mean, it's the moment, it's the movement. I think maybe so. Like, cinema has been struggling. Like, numbers are down. Streaming is up. You know, I think I think we need to consider more of these niche, cultivated, bespoke influencer moments. Like, I think that's the route we're going to have to go if we want to build the hype yeah. to get the crowds there. Like, so, we just have to. Like, we, we saw that with Barbie Hyman. Like, yeah. Had we not done that, like... You Everyone know. wanted to be there. Yeah. So I'm going to quickly then ask you some questions, a bit of trivia, and I'm okay. going to run back. Sorry, it's taking okay. a bit too long. Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. So, what was the first film ever shown in cinemas? Uh, Birth of a Nation. I don't know. No, that was actually the first film invented modern editing techniques, and okay. that's why it's been allowed to show in some British universities. Uh-huh. The first film shown in cinemas was The Workers Leaving the Lumiere Factory. Do you know how long it was? Uh... Five minutes. 45 seconds. Oh, and it was shown right. in March 1985. March? Nine, March 1895. 18. Okay. I was about to say that's my age. I was about to be like, I don't believe that. <laughs> what was the first movie ever shown on television? I, uh, Gone with the Wind. No, it was a film called Police Patrol. In It was made in 1925. It was shown six years later in 1931 over six consecutive nights. Oh. That was the start of the home exhibition of movies. Six nights? Wow. Six nights, yeah. Where? Um, where was it shown? Yeah. On TV. No, 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 but UK... Oh, in America. Most okay. stuff is America, sorry. Yeah, we should be, yeah. Okay. Right. Until late 1910, what was the average um, theatrical window for movies? And theatrical window means the time from the release until it can be shown on... Um, home in home home entertainment. Was it a year? Sixteen weeks. Oh, okay. Right. Do you know what the average theatrical run is? I don't know, Max. It's four weeks. Um, oh, that's shorter than I yes, thought. Yes, and a blockbuster we usually play at four thousand screens. Hmm. And finally, mm-hmm. this is the final one. So the reason I'm saying a lot of this is because during COVID, they. Uh, Disney started to introduce the premium thing. Uh-huh. So when uh, Black Widow came out, I insisted we go see it at the cinema because I'd all seen all of them at the cinema. Uh-huh. But then HBO removed the theatrical window and now they're having issues. Disney actually would have first reduced the theatrical window down with um, Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is not a hill I'd want to die on. No, not really. But as we're now getting there and we're finding that these... This is the trouble, is that now basically I go and see films that two weeks later on a at home but I love the experience and this is why Taylor's important because his window is closing HBO now is showing Warner Brothers films Mm -hmm. so I'll finish finally is that at the moment films can be shown directly onto um, Netflix Netflix are making the new Zack Schneider Rebel Moon Star Wars style film which I think it sounds amazing but it's going to be a waste Mm -hmm. however in order to get an Academy Award nomination, what do you have to do? And again, I know you're not going to look at me and go, um. I don't know. So, how many days do you think at a minimum you have to show for? I say days. Three. Okay. You have to show for a minimum of seven consecutive days in LA County, 
to be considered for an Academy Award nomination. That's for sure. And that's why you'll get theatrical. You know, you'll see start a Netflix film looking at the husband who's got that voice, and you'll be like, "Why would people go and see that? They don't want people to. They have to run it. It's lip service to In get order it to get it considered." Uh, um, was it was it the Call of the Dog or the one Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, they have to show it still oh, in theaters. Gosh, this is so tricky. But as you can see, what the limits are and why it's important to bring it back. This is why I think stuff like Taylor, which is bringing back money directly into the theatres, not the studios, is so crucial. Yeah. So as much as she is not a theatrical movie in that sense, or a scripted Hollywood movie... She's helping the more local economies. She's bringing it back. theatres, yeah. And that's why I leave. But I just say, Taylor, you know what? We need people thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm to bring back stuff into theatres. And this is the why we had temples. The original idea behind Blockbusters was that Blockbusters would keep the multiplexes going and allow for smaller films to be made. But the trouble is that smaller films didn't make money and the, the, the studios got greedy. Yeah. So she's now taking it directly to the multiplexes. Changing the system. Girl. Changing the system. So Daniel, you look gagged and gooped by all that, but are you gagged and gooped by anything else? Yeah, I am so gagged and gooped. So um, we have to announce a passing this week of one Miss Suzanne Summers. I don't know if you recognize that name. Do you know Suzanne Summers? So she did Freeze Company she did do with Freeze John Ritter's testicles. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but in that was called Robin's Nest, I believe. Or no, I think it was right, called. Okay. It was based on a British show. Mm. Yeah. Well. I knew her as a voice and face of part of my childhood. There was Step by Step that she was in. There was also Candid Camera. She also... Was my, Step by Step, what's his face, from Dallas? Yes. Uh, Patrick Duffy. Patrick Duffy, yes. But she was also a face that I knew quite well in my house because she was on QVC and my grandmother was obsessed with her and her exercise routines that she would do. So, like, to me, it's a little bit of a passing of childhood right now, knowing that she... yes. Yes, you you get it. You get it. Like yes, very much that. Do you know the reason she left uh, Freeze Company? I I know that there was a feud that was going on. But I don't remember exactly. The she detail. held out for equal money, and they mm. fired her. Yeah. And uh, for the last season she was on, she had they she did not want to do it, and they said you have to appear. So the um, trailer, the um, the, the post, promo, the promo, the credit sequence at the end of it, you know, I, there's a bit that rolled over the credits, mm-hmm. would be them calling her up and she being in a separate thing, and it allowed her to actually be in it and fulfill a contract. But she, she held out for closer money. Yeah, totally get that. Cheers to someone ahead of their time. Yep. Cheers. 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 And I have a word of the week. Good, because I have one as well. Okay, so my word of the week is cottywomple. You gotta stay in for five. What? What is it? A cottywomple is to travel purposely towards a yet as of unknown destination. Cottywomple. I love it. Yeah, where's it gonna go? <laughs> Who's to say? So I don't have a petticoat lane. So I've a made up word of the week. Oh God. Trailer. Oh, tell us what trailer means to you in this one. Travis and Taylor. <laughs> they will be trailer. trailer. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, no. my dear. <laughs> Daniel, do you think we've covered everything? Dear, you kept talking and we barely kept set the agenda. <laughs> Cheers. You've been listening to Bitches with Beards. I've been Max. And I'm Daniel. 
A big thanks to you all for tuning in and giving us a listen. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please remember that only a mother could love our views and opinions. They reflect us and no one else. All music and clips are used under fair use. We'll see you next week, unless we're cancelled. Cheers. Cheers.